1 Kings 19, 19. We'll be there in just a minute. I want to talk to you this morning about one and done. One and done. A couple different scenarios, a couple different definitions can be used for the term one and done. You know, you do something one time and then you're done. And that can be good or it can be bad. You know, if you win, you know, if you're a professional boxer and you win one fight and you never win no more, that's, that's not no good. So it can be good or bad. It can go either way. And that's what I want to talk to you this morning about is one and done. And I want to tell you that as believers, the cross should never be a one and done. It should never be a one and done. We should never come to the cross one time a year. It should never happen. You know, sometimes I just got to speak my heart. You know what I think God sees? I think if he sees us go 12 months without coming and bowing down at the cross, you know what I think he sees? I think he sees pride. Oh, I hate that word. I hate that word, but we all, have to, we all deal with it, just at different levels. We all, all deal with it. You don't think I don't deal with it. We all deal with it. See, that's what changes when we come and we bow ourselves, we yield ourselves to God's will. We yield ourselves to the cross. Well, then that pride can't hang on us. It has to go. You know, I don't want to get up. I don't like to get up here in front and preach in front of, I don't like to come up here and pray in front of a bunch of people. I mean, I have to, I have to dismiss myself and my desires to do what God has called me to do. I'll tell you, I can give you a whole list of things I would rather do than preach. I love to work on footballers. I just got done overhauling, putting a piston and rings and stuff in a Honda, and I got a Polaris Razor 800 tore out now, and I just put piston and rings in it. I, all I have to do is set it in there. I'd love to do that stuff. You know what I, what I do when I don't want to think about nothing? I go work on stuff. And then I don't have to think about nothing. Just me and that piece of steel in front of me. That's all I have to think about. I'd rather do that. I'd rather buy stuff. I'd rather buy stuff and resell it. I'd rather make money. I'd rather do that stuff than what God's called me to do. So for you to think that it's okay for you to do your stuff and not do God's stuff, you're wrong. If you think it's okay for you to come to church once a month, you're wrong. Oh, yeah. I have a goal, and this is always my goal, is to strengthen my walk and your walk with the Lord. That's my goal. And I pray and I hope that that's the case. For us to move closer with God every day, every week, every month, every year. 
But here's the problem. If we don't purposely do that, it will not happen. If we don't purposely move toward God, we will accidentally move away from him. If we don't purposely make him number one in our lives, he will accidentally be two, three, four, and five. And God will not be two, three, four, and five. God will either be number one in your life or he won't be in your life. Not because of his choices, but because of our choices. Romans 8, 1, I want to read this to you, just, just so you know. You know, I, I am not a holier-than-thou guy. I don't have life figured out. I have probably made more mistakes than probably most people in here. And this is one of my favorite scriptures. I want to make sure you hear it this morning. Romans 8, 1, it says, Therefore now there is no condemnation in those who are in Christ Jesus. There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So when it, whenever I, I feel like the Lord is leading me to say things and leading me to, to bring things up, it has one purpose, and that is to bring you closer to God and for, so that we will all recognize the realities around us and recognize the tricks of the devil. You know, we're gonna what we're gonna do. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna I'm gonna do another sermon here one of these days. That I'm gonna show you a couple different instances, and I'm gonna have you decide: Is this the way the devil works, or is this the way the devil works? And you know, and for most of us, the devil don't work the way we think he does. The, no, the devil he really don't have horns, and he really don't have a, a red suit on. <laughs> oh, I wish he did. Don't yuns? If he did, who would get tricked by someone with horns and a red out, red out, red, you know, outfit on? Who would get tricked by that? Nobody. Mm. So, guess what? That's not what he uses. He uses a saddle. The little, little things, the small things. So there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ. First Kings 19, 19, we've got that scripture for you, I believe. First Kings 19, 19, and we do. And before we start reading, this is a story of Elijah, the elder, calling Elisha the younger, okay? Elijah the elder, he is a prophet of God that God used in a mighty, mighty way. And Elijah is the younger one. And what we see here, we see here that, uh, that God has instructed Elijah the older to place his mantle upon Elijah the younger. And as we get down through this, we're gonna see some very important things Elijah did to secure his place, to secure his role in what God wanted him to do. All right? Are you with me? So Elijah went and found Elijah, the son of Shepheth, plowing a field. And there were 12 teams of oxen in the field, and Elijah was plowing with the 12th team. Now notice it was, uh, you know, he had a plow. 
He had an oxen in those days that meant something. That meant that was his livelihood. He had something to do. He had, he had a job. He had, he had acquired things in life. Let me, and I'll just cut right to this chase. He had something to give up. And let me tell you, there is not one of you sitting here today that didn't have something to give up. And many times the problem is, is that we will not give up what we have. We want to hold on to it. We won't let go of it and allow God to lead us and take us to where he wants us. So it says, Elijah went, uh, where are we at? Let's see, Elijah was plowing with the 12th team. And Elijah went over to him and threw his cloak across his shoulders and then walked away. Verse 20. Elijah, Elisha, left the ox standing there and ran after Elijah and said to him, first let me go and kiss my father and my mother goodbye and then I will go with you. Now, if you will, think with me just for a moment right here. We see that God has called Elijah, the younger, to follow him. No different than he has called me and each and and every one of us to follow him. But Elijah, he's got stuff. He's got an oxen and and he's got a plow and who knows what else he has. If he has those in that day, he had other things. So no different than us. So it doesn't matter if you have a, a good job or, or, uh, or if you have some habits, whether it's, whether it's drinking or, or whether, whether it's, uh, you know, uh, computer stuff or, or web page stuff, whatever the case may be, or maybe it's musical stuff and you've got this stuff and it's yours and, and you like it and, and you're proud of it and you want it and you don't want to let go of it, that's where Elisha was. God called him to follow him. And Elijah said, notice, and I think this is just like each and every one of us. Elijah said, hold on, like right here. Each and every one of us, most of us, we come come to the cross and we ask for forgiveness and we want to follow God. I'll tell you, I've seen it time and time and time again. People come to the cross, they come to the throne of God, and when they get up, they are so free. They just love the world. They love God and they don't care what happens. They just want to to follow God. That's all they want. And then a couple months later, they come in like this. What's wrong? Well, they picked up all their stuff that they left at the cross and now they're carrying it back with them again. So here we are. We all come to the cross and we say, okay, now, Okay, Lord, I, I know you want me to follow you. I know, we, I know you want me to get rid of my stuff, but, but will, will you, hold on, I'll, I'll be right back. And you know what? That is exactly what Elisha said. He says, hold on, hold on, hold on, I'll, I'll be right back. I just wanna, I just wanna go tell him goodbye. Hold on, I'm not ready yet, hold on. And that's where most of us find ourselves many, many times. He said, first, let me go and kiss my father and my mother goodbye, and then I will go with you. Now, notice this. And this is what God tells, says to each and every one of us. And Elijah said, he says, go on back. Now, notice what he says. Go on back, but think of what I have done for you. 
Because, see, although we can come to the cross as many times as we want, God will not strap you to that cross. He will not tie you to that cross. If you want to leave the cross, you can leave the cross any time. You can. So Elijah, the elder, he says, just remember, remember what, what I've done for you. Remember what God has taken you out of from plowing a field with a stinking old ox and an old junk wooden plow. And just look, you have the opportunity to serve the God of the universe. Okay, how does that translate? I'll tell you how it translates to us. When God called us out, I'll just use myself for an example because that's what I know. God called us out and he says, Rob, forget those old stinking four-wheelers. Those aren't worth uh, nothing. They're not worth anything. They have no value spiritually whatsoever. God says, come on. We're going to change some lives. Come on, we're going, to, we're going to be an influence. Come on, we're going to do things that will last for eternity. Things when the, when the fire comes, they'll still be standing. You see, not just me. Not just me, each and every one of us. We come to the cross and we say, Lord, forgive us. And, and then when we get up, we think, hmm, let's see, my stuff and my stuff and the... Mm. I'll be right back, Lord. And then we go thinking about, what am I going to do here? Mm. Lord, you don't really care if I keep some of this stuff, do you? Do you mind? I'll tell you what, Lord, I will put it, uh, I'll just leave it right here. I'll just put this, leave all this stuff, my little black book. Yeah, does anybody not want to get rid of their little black book? Oh, the, oh, the, the big black book. Does anybody know what the big black book is? Ooh, this here is a list of everybody that's ever done me any wrong. It is in here. Everything they said, every attitude they had against me, everything they've done wrong, I've got it wrote down. Right there. And it's mine. And I own that. Don't be messing with it. Oh, yeah. And this is a tough one. This is one we have to think about here. Oh, all the dating websites that are on there. You know, after you're married. You know, all them other websites, you know, that, that brings perversion into your marriage and brings, puts a completely ungodly image upon your dealings with mankind. What else? So we've got this stuff. We've got this stuff and and we want to hold on to it. Oh, but oh my, they seen me at church. They seen me pray. They heard me pray. I, oh, oh, they see me. Mm, so what do I do? What, what do I do? I still want this stuff. 
But God, so what do you do? See what Elijah done. Elijah, the younger. This is what Elijah done with these stuff that was his that he didn't want to give up on. Verse 21. So Elijah returned to his ox and he slaughtered them. And he used the wood from the plow to build a fire to roast their flesh. Now that's how you get rid of your stuff. <laughs> yeah. You've got, you know, do you have a problem? Do you have a problem with the internet? It's not, it's not that hard. You got a problem with drinking? This is what you do. That's what you do. Now see? See that? You see? Now look. It's really not that hard. Is it? That wasn't hard. Oh, I wonder if I can put that bottle back. No. No, I can't. I wonder if that computer. No, it won't work no more. Oh, but I've still got my, I've still got my little black book. Oh, thank goodness. I almost thought I was going to be a new creature almost. But then I've, I've got my, still got my little black book. Hey, there's, there's no names written in this one, no. Bear, is that, is that your, is that yours? You know what uh, Elijah done, don't you? Yeah, he burned his. He burned his, that's what he done. Now see, this is the way you do it. See, you get rid of it. And you say, well, Rob, that's a little extreme. Well, I'll tell you what, holding on to this stuff's a little extreme too. Is there any fire department guys in here? Are we breaking any laws, guys? Are we? Oh, what about this one, though? <laughs> all the things that they done wrong to me right here and I'm not giving up on this one this is my prized possession this is one of the most valuable things that I own every time somebody done me wrong and you know what we can almost leave it at the cross until somebody mentions their name. And then when somebody mentions their name, we run over to the cross and we pick it up and we say, yeah, 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 look, look here. On this date, I remember when they wronged me and we just can't keep from telling it. We just can't keep from sharing it. Wonder how big a flame this will. I'm not stupid. <laughs> I might be crazy, but I'm not stupid, okay? See, that's what Elijah done. That's what he done. He knew. He knew that he was going to have to do something to get that path behind him. Because, you know what? If there's a way we can go back around and pick that back up again, we're going to do it. When times get hard, when we don't go to church for two or three weeks, 
I don't understand. People come to church and they, they, they do good for two or three months and, and they get all well and they get, they get strong again. And then they start falling away and they forget what made them well. You know what it, Elijah told him, the senior, he says, don't forget. Don't forget that the call of God is on you. Don't forget that you're a child of God. Don't forget what he's done for you. Oh, what about music? What about music? What's this one over? What about music? <laughs> you chicken. <laughs> oh, I, I, I. What about music? Oh, you know, the devil, he'll use anything he can. You know, something, I, I know something he uses for drug addicts and alcohol, oh, probably everybody, is smell. Oh, every once in a while I'll get to smell something. Oh, what? Mm, I remember that smell. Same with alcohol. Every once in a while you'll get a, you'll get a smell of something or it'll take you back to a, not a good time in life. Same with music. Man, I don't, I love old time rock, hard rock and roll. <sighs> but I don't listen to it. <laughs> it would, probably wouldn't be good if I listened to it. <sighs> because it brings back, what it does, it opens a door for the devil to come in. So basically, no matter what you have, that holds you back, or no matter what you have that you won't let go of, you need to get rid of it. And there might be a time in your life when God says, okay, now you can pick that up again. But see, here's the thing. God doesn't want anything ahead of him. Anything. It doesn't even matter if it is your greatest job or your greatest blessing. Nothing, God doesn't want anything to be ahead of him. Heard a story this week. Uh, George shared a story with me, but man had paid his tithes faithfully, you know, for a long time. And the pastor had prayed with them over their finances and stuff, and, and, and uh, you know, they was doing fine and everything, but he, he got a new job, and he was making like double what he was before. And so the man, he went to the pastor, and he said, boy, pastor, I don't know. I'm, I'm making so much money now. I don't, I don't know if I can pay my tithes or not. Yeah. You know, and the pastor kind of shook his head, and he said, okay, all right. If you, if you think this extra money is going to cause you to be disobedient with God, we'll pray that you'll lose that job and you'll get a lesser paying job. <laughs> oh, no, 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 we don't know. I'll pay my tithes, I'll pay my tithes. Yeah. What's well, the same with this stuff? 
Same with this stuff. Lord, I love you, but I love my computer more. Lord, I love you, but I, there is no way in the world, Lord, I will shut the internet off my house. You'd be a fool to say that. Amen. If that's what's holding you back, that would be a, that's a statement of a fool. I know, I knew you would like that one. I knew you would. <laughs> you know, there's coming a day in this country, and I, I, I truly believe that God is preparing us for it. Because, and I've said many times, the most uncomfortable place for a Christian is sitting on top of the fence. And there's going to come a day that there will be no sitting on top of a fence. You will either be for him and stand and standing so, or you'll be against him. One or the other. Oh, you got to love rock and roll. You gotta love the old time rock and roll. The only reason I'm doing it is just for the fun of it, because I've always wanted to. <laughs> so, what have you had to give up for the Lord? Well, I hope I didn't hurt nobody. What have, uh, make sure everybody exits that way, okay? <laughs> I guess here's the question. What have you gave up for the Lord? Have you? Oh, man, I wish I could think of this gentleman's name. He gave his life to the Lord. The Lord called him in, in the ministry and... In prayer one day, he says, he says, Lord, what do you want from me? And, he's, and the Lord says, well, what do you have? He says, well, I really don't have anything. What do you mean you don't have anything? You got two kids. Oh, yeah, yeah, I got, the Lord said, okay, I'll, I'll take them. Well, what about, what about your, what about your gifts and talents? Oh, you want them to, oh, yeah, well, you can have them. Well, what about your marriage? Oh, you want my marriage too, Lord? You want my children? You want my marriage? And I mean, you, you want everything? The Lord says, yeah, I want everything you have. Because, see, that's the only way it works. If he don't have everything we have, we have these things that are between us. Oh, and they're not put there by God. They are put there by us. Stand with me, please. Thank you, Father. One and done is not enough when it comes to the cross. I want to encourage you on a regular basis. Bow your knees to God. Bow your knee to the cross. Here's a good exercise. When it comes to your finances, if you don't want your finances to to have you, give something away once a month. Yeah, you heard me right. Give something away once a month. 
You know what that does? That keeps you from holding on to things too tight. I've learned this from experience. You know, me and my wife, not because we have too much, but because the Lord has told us, we've given away a couple cars. We gave away a piece of ground one time, not to family members or anyone else, just because the Lord told us to. I shared this one time, and I, and I, I got to wondering, well, if it was a real nice car, would I give it away? Well, I don't know if it's a real nice car. I don't know if I could do that or not. But you know, a, a work car? <laughs> What's a... And if you think I'm going to give you something, well, you better start praying because unless the Lord tells, tells me to, you're not getting nothing from me. But if the Lord tells me to, you know, I'll tell you, in, in these last days, that's just, I truly believe that's the attitude we have to have. If we're going to do, if we're going to do what John 14, 12 says that we're going to do, greater works, greater miracles than what Jesus done. If we're going to do that, we can't have these things between us and God. So finances, give something away once a month. It'll help you. Tell you what else will help you. Humble yourself once a month. Go help somebody do something. Not one of your buddies or not, not one of your friends. Just go, go help somebody. I'll tell you what I done yesterday. And this is another sermon, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share it real quick. We went to a Williams Syndrome walk, uh, benefit walk uh, over at uh, O'Fallon. And they had these tickets for all the rides and stuff. And we was going up to get tickets, or I was getting ready to. Me and Meyer had my grandson with me. And, uh, Chris and Kelsey and, and Ori. And I seen this lady standing there and she had, she had her son uh, with her. And I said, do you have any tickets? And she said, no. I said, well, I'm going to go get us some. And then right away, she said, oh, no, 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 no. And that's fine. I said, well, I'm going to go get some. You stay here. I'm going to go get some. So I went and bought a bunch of tickets. I don't know why I'm sharing this stuff with you. So anyway, so I went and bought a bunch of tickets. I brought back to her. She wouldn't take them. And I got to think, she probably thinks I am some woo. So then I told her, I said, I said, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to give you the wrong impression. I'm a pastor of a church. My wife is over there. My daughter, this is my grandson. My, my son has Williams syndrome. But she wouldn't take the tickets for nothing. She was very polite. But here's the thing that some, some of us even deal with this even today. She kept thanking me and telling me how kind I was and said there's, you know, that not everybody, she said there's not a lot of people like you left in the world. I said, yeah, there's a bunch of them. Orchardville Church, they're, they're everywhere. But here's the problem. If you can't receive a blessing from those around you, 
you're going to have trouble receiving blessings from God also. So if somebody comes up to you and says, I want to bless you, you know what you should do? Say, thank you, Lord. Well, that's why they're doing it. Go ahead, and, go ahead and bow your heads, please. Thank you, Father. Heavenly Father, we worship you and we praise you. We just humbly come to you, glorify your name and magnify your name. Father, we just ask for you to be patient with us. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your love and mercy. Now, right now, if you've never received Christ as your Lord and Savior, we ask you to come, come forward. Come to the foot of the cross and receive Christ as your Lord and Savior and forgiveness of your sins. Come now. We won't wait long. Now, for the rest... And I know this is hard. This is hard for a lot of people. A lot of people. If you have things, they can even be good things, between you and Christ, between you and the cross, here's what you do. You just move them out of the way. One and done is not enough when it comes to the cross of Christ. Come back as much as you need to. Come on. Come on. So we can pray with you. Come and you can pray by yourself. You know what? I, I would do, I would do almost anything to convince you of the heart of God. I would, I would, I would. I have absolutely no other motive than to see heaven your home. But I'll tell you what, if you don't know that heaven is your home, you've got real problems. But they're not too big that cannot be satisfied with a bowed knee and a humble heart. If you're here today and you're a believer and you know there's someone standing beside you that you don't, they don't know and you don't know if heaven is their home, ask them if they want you to come down here with them and pray for them. Just ask. We're not going to wait much longer. Anybody else? Anybody else coming to the cross? Anybody else have things they need to get rid of? Anybody else have any even good things that stand between you and the will of God? <laughs> Look at this. Look at this. You guys see what that is? 
You know what the Bible says about that? Not only this, but everything else that you can see with your natural eye, there will be a day it'll be completely destroyed. And the only thing will be left is you and God. That's why we want to be on God's side. That's why we want Him. That's why we want Him to Him to be first. It's really that simple. I want to stay close to you, just as simple as this song. I want to stay close to you. It's really that simple. It is our prayer that you have been blessed as you've listened to this message. If you would like to become a partner with this ministry, please contact us here at Orchardville Church. You can visit our website at orchardvillechurch.com or you can contact us by phone at area code 618-835-2677.